You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, we love families here at Elam. Thanks, Caitlin. It's awesome. You're strong, healthy families, I believe, are the building block for a great community. And I, I reckon families are, are under pressure. There's a challenge to be a parent right now. Come on, how many parents are feeling that? You know, raising kids, and maybe you're feeling like uh, you got to raise kids while also working a job. A bunch of people have to have two parents working, some solo parents raising kids on their own, and it's, it's, it's a hard, hard time right now to be parents. But uh, one of the great things that we're seeing at church here, and we're so excited about this, is we started a family small group night, and it's not so much of a small group night anymore because we had 65 at our last gathering. But what it is, it's families coming together of all ages, stages, shapes, sizes. We've got people from all different groups. And uh, we are just so amazed at seeing what God is doing. We've got four, um, and after today's service, we've got five couples now that have uh, made a commitment to invest into these families. Uh, making a commitment to, to be there, to speak into some of the parents and their parenting and their, their marriages. Uh, we've got a kids program running on a Tuesday night, and uh, with that is also we're going to be running our, our young people through our uh, Youth Alpha so that they can grow and develop their faith as well. Uh, so it starts on a Tuesday fortnight, and it's going to be this Tuesday. There's still space if you want to come be a part of it. At 5.15, the door's open. 5.30, we're eating a shared dinner, so bring what you want. Um, we have, a, have some shared kai together, and then we uh, go into where the kids have a program. So I'm in charge of the kids, so I don't know if that'll put you off or not, but uh, anyway, um, so I'm going to be leading a team with the kids, and then um, all of our, our coaches are going to be getting alongside the parents while I'm having fun with the kids, and, uh, and they're just going to sow into relationships and parenting skills. So, But we're still looking for a team. Maybe you would like to come in and help me, hang out with me while we look after the kids uh, in the evening. We're all done, out the door by 7 o'clock, so it's not a late night. Uh, but we really believe this is a season God is asking us to input into our families, that we would see the building blocks of a great community as families become salt and light in the earth. So if uh, you think that's something you'd like to be a part of, come and see me um, or see, I think Amy Bushman may still be here. Uh, up the back, stand up. Amy, give us a wave. Go see Amy. Uh, she's uh, taking a lead on this as well. So thank you. Appreciate that. Also, um, as you pick up your child today or maybe as you collect, um, drop your child off today, you will have received a letter, a letter from me, just saying we need your help in this next season. Uh, it's pretty tough to put on Sundays with uh, all, the, all the isolations and everything that's happening, and we just need some help, some uh, adult help. Um, so we're, we're asking every family that has a child on a program to, to offer one adult uh, over the space of the next three to four months, um, just to sit with the kids in the service, be a part of what's happening. You don't even have to have any skills in kids' ministry. We just simply need some adults that can love some kids and help support our leadership team as we put on great, safe programs for all of our kids. So uh, we would love your help. And maybe you say, I don't have kids, but I'd love to help. Go and see uh, Cindy or one of the other team, and uh, we would love your help just to be there with our kids in the season. Um, It'll all come back to normal soon. We'll get through this flu and cold season, and uh, hopefully we bounce back soon. But that's the reality of the world we're living in right now, right? And so we just need a little bit of extra help. So we would love uh, for you to put your hand up and uh, be a part of that. Thank you so, so much. Awesome. Well, we continue our series 10, looking at the 10 commandments. And uh, we're working our way from 10 up to 1. And we wanted to do it that way. Because as you walk from, uh, from 10, do not envy. 
Do not lie. Do not give false testimony. Today we're talking about do not steal. As we walk through these, we realize that these are just practical things that are actually good for our community. If we don't lie, if we don't steal, if we don't murder, if we don't commit adultery, these are all good decisions that we would make. The challenge comes when we want to have to put God first. So when you look at these Ten Commandments, they're broken down into two, two different categories. Relationship with God and relationship with others. The first four talk about our relationship with God. And the last six talk about our relationship with people. And there's a desire in our heart to love God and love people. When Jesus was challenged, what's, what's the most important commandment of all? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. and Love your neighbor as yourself. If we would live loving God and loving people, everything else falls into place. When I love God with all of my heart, my desire is to, to not hurt somebody, to mistreat them, to treat them badly. So the Ten Commandments, they're, they're, not, they're not rules that, that kind of keep us penned in. In fact, they give us incredible freedom and liberty when we live according to the principles that God has established for us. And so today we pick up a goodie. We're talking about do not steal. Anyone ever stolen anything? Remember we talked about do not lie last week, yeah? Come on, we've all stolen something, right? We've all taken something that wasn't ours. The, the definition of stealing is to take from someone dishonestly to obtain secretly. You know, the Inland Revenue once received an anonymous letter saying, I'm having trouble sleeping because of my conscience. Please find enclosed $100. If this does not cure my insomnia, I'll send the rest. <laughs> now, most of us wouldn't look in the mirror and go, oh, you're a thief. Maybe we do, but most of us, we go, no, I'm a pretty honest person. I don't take something that's not mine. But how many of you have ever used the the phrase, well, God helps those who help themselves. It's not in the Bible. Some, some claim it is. But most of us don't necessarily steal intentionally, but maybe we take something, we borrow something and don't manage to give it back. Uh, some of us even steal and maybe even justify it, saying it's I'm kind of like the Robin Hood of today, taking from the corporate wealth and distributing amongst the poor. You know, they don't, they're not, they're not going to miss it. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a paper clip. It's just a whatever. Now, Commandments 8, 9, and 10 are really interesting because they're so closely linked. When you think about it, the covetousness, desiring something somebody else has, the, the stealing, the envy, the lies that, that we might tell, it's all kind of woven in together, that deception and dishonesty. And if we're all honest, we're probably guilty of theft. And before we pardon ourselves, I'm going to throw myself under the bus as well, as I always do. Anyone ever walked out of their office with a ream of office paper under their, their arm? Steal a ream of paper because you need it at home? Anyone, no one done that before? No? No? What, what about printing out a piece of paper that is for something personal? Anyone ever done that before? Yeah. See, we're not going to steal a ream of paper, but, you know, we probably printed something out that we, we shouldn't have taken. You know, I never posted something using a prepaid envelope from work. I mean, that, that's the reality. Some of us probably have done that. Look at the pen that you've got in your hand. You've, you've probably borrowed that from someone. In fact, companies bank on the fact that you will steal their pens to develop their marketing. Because every time you pick up that pen that you've stolen from their place, 
you go, oh, that's right. I, I stole it or borrowed it from this company, and hopefully that triggers the marketing that will make you go and purchase their product or use their service. Even the orange pens that you have, the Elam pens. No, don't worry, they're gifts. Don't worry. No one's, no one's stolen those, all right? They are gifts. How many people have handed money in that you found, like a wallet full of money? I've done that a couple of times. Feels good, doesn't it? You take it back in. What about that $2 that you found on the pavement? Do you take that into the police? Anyone take that into the police? How many would think that's just weird, taking that into the police? Oh, $2.20. Oh, better pick that up and take that into the... Look, I'm just, I just want to turn over. This is 20 cents that I found on the ground. I'm sure someone's missing it. Doesn't that even feel ridiculous? But is it right that I pick it up and take it? It's still not. Have I picked it up and put it in my pocket? Yes, I have. Ah, guilty of theft. You go, oh, hey, this, is, this is a bit of a heavy message, Mike. I've come to a point here. This is not about judgment and condemnation. This is about a hard attitude that I believe God wants to come after in all of us. A hard attitude of stewardship. A hard attitude of generosity. Of faithfulness. Does God really mind that we've taken a pen or two? Or picked up two dollars off the ground and put it in our pocket? In the big scheme of things, I think it does. I think because it reveals something about who we are as people. If one theft makes me a thief, then I'm guilty of the same death the thief on the cross who was with Jesus is guilty of. Sin is sin. There's no excuse for it. Sin is punishable by death. The Bible says there's not one person righteous. And if, our, our, if the sin of, of, of theft is what condemns us, then we're all guilty. Thankfully, we have a Savior who is full of grace and mercy and forgiveness and compassion. And when we sin, we can go to our Heavenly Father and we can ask for forgiveness. We can repent and we can receive that forgiveness. But we can also choose to live a life of integrity and make choices, good choices, on the way that we would consider what we have and what we don't have so that that grace can cover a multitude of stationary sins. <laughs> See, the problem is we can go down the road of justifying our, our, our actions by just saying it's just a little thing, it's, it's not a big deal. It's really easy to do that. I'm so guilty of that all the time. It's not a big deal. It's just a paperclip. It's just a you know, piece of paper. Who's going to know? No one's going to know about it. No. But that's what Jesus said. He says, heaven and earth may disappear in Matthew 5. But, but I promise you that not even a period or comma will ever disappear from the law. Everything written in it must happen. If you reject even the least important command in the law and teach others to do the same, you'll be the least important person in the kingdom of heaven. But if you obey and teach others its commands, you will have an important place in the kingdom. As parents, our behavior is modeled to our children, right? When we say us, it's not a big deal. We're communicating to them that it's not a big deal. But maybe Jesus is saying, and he is saying here, it is. Because even the little stuff really does matter. The problem we wrestle with is we're wrestling with a a worldview that permeates all of our decision-making. A worldview that says it's about me. It's about my stuff. It's about my gain. It's about get, 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 rather than a heart that says give, give, 
give. See, the world has made us believe that it's okay to envy just a little bit in order to motivate us to to do more and and get better and achieve greater things. That, That a little lie, a little deception, a little fudging of the truth, it's okay. It's not a big deal, it's just a white lie. Like that makes a difference. That's stealing a little something or just borrowing something and not giving it back, it's okay. And it's feeding something in us, a spirit which is called mammon. Jesus speaks about this in Luke 16, 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's not God and money. Money's not evil. But the love of money, the pursuit of money where money becomes more important than anything else, there's evil in that. But it's the pursuit of anything. The pursuit of a relationship, a status, a title, a position, all of those, if we pursue those things because we want to acquire those things to satisfy us, then that's where we stray from the the promises that God has for us. See, an attitude that says having possessions is more important than the means of possessing them. See, the God of mammon, which translated means the God of wealth and possessions, it demands that we acquire more. I heard someone once say, I wouldn't have a problem with, um, with my money if my neighbors would just stop buying all the things that I like. <laughs> so they keep buying that boat that I've got to have, or that car or that whatever. We look over the fence and we look at somebody else and we go, oh, if only I could just have that. And and that becomes our pursuit. What if we just simply sought after God and his righteousness, his kingdom, pursue that? How does God see possessions? Are possessions bad? What do you think? I don't think possessions are bad. But if our pursuit and our hunger is to to possess, to hold, to, to, to make our own just for the sake of that, then we can, we can buy into the spirit of mammon that says, this is my pursuit rather than God. A good test of that is if God says, would you give it away? How strong is that, that pull of the spirit of mammon on us? If God says, I want you to give that away, could we? If our response is, yeah, it's all yours. Then we know that it doesn't have a hold of it. If it goes, oh, that's going to hurt if I give that away, then there might be something that's, holding us. 1 Chronicles 29, 11 to 12, King David, he says this, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. We need to realize that everything we own ultimately belongs to the Lord. Do we believe that our possessions are not even our possessions, but are God's? That everything we have is from Him. What I've discovered is that God is not only interested in the little details, the world is also interested in the little details. Whether we believe it or not, what I'm seeing and I've seen time and time again when men and women and young people live in this area of stewardship, in a faithful way, the world pays attention. I was talking with somebody a, a number of years ago who works in an office. 
And every now and then they, they needed to print something. They didn't have a printer at home. And so they would print something at work. So they'd go to the office manager with some coins and say, look, I just, I just printed something on the, on the company printer. I want to, want to pay for the printing. I took an envelope, a prepaid envelope, and I want to, want to pay for that. Can, can, can I do that, please? The office manager just kind of shakes their head and goes, I can't believe you're even asking. Just do it. To which they responded, but it's not mine. And so they would do that faithfully every single time. Ask permission before they went ahead and did it. You know, just, just doing the right thing, doing the, the right thing in front of people. You know, somebody sitting next to this person had to move cubicles, like move from one side of the office to another side of the office. Within a week, this person came back to this person who pays for their own stationery and says, I'm hating being over that side of the office. Seriously, it's just like, I just loved being beside you. It's like there was peace when I was here and I don't have it when I'm over here. To which this person who doesn't steal from the boss with full integrity was able to say, it's just the peace of God that I've got in my life. There's a testimony right there. Where did that testimony come from? Just good, honest, faithful living. Some of us say, I'm not an evangelist. (laughs) Yes, you are. You are. Every time you live your life with integrity, in front of somebody else, you're speaking about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Christians that turn up on time and do their job well, faithfully, without complaining. Christians that shut down gossip when someone wants to talk about somebody else and say, hey, we don't need to talk about that. Come on, let's talk about something great that's happening in your life instead. Turning conversations around, forgiving, not being offended. When we live like that, that's our testimony. And people pay attention. I remember eating at a restaurant and we paid for our meal. And as we went out, I was looking at the bill going, oh, it should have been more than that. You know, you kind of calculate the bill in your head. And, and then went, oh, they didn't charge us for our drinks. I think we got like four Cokes or, or something like that, lemonades. So I, I, said, I said to the people we were with, look, I just got to head back in and pay for the drinks. And they're like, oh, I don't even worry about it. It's like, no, no, no. I want to. It's the right thing to do. So I went back in and I said, look, I'm, I, don't, I don't think you charged us for the drinks. just want to pay for those. And they go, I can't believe you came back. I can't believe you even bothered coming back. It's like, it's fine. I said, no, no, no. I, I want to pay for it. You know, it wasn't mine. You know, I want to pay for it. I want to do the right thing. And, and we had this, you know, one of those conversations that go on. It's like, I wanted to pay for it. They said, no, 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 you were so honest. You don't have to pay for it. Kind of went backwards and forwards and I wasn't going to start throwing tables. So I, I said, okay, that's fine. And I was able to just say, hey, look, God bless. Just, just want to do the right thing. It's, you know, the right thing is the right thing. And they go, thank you. Old Testament, didn't quite get to the three-point message of salvation. But just living in front of people with integrity makes all the difference. $2 or $100, one paper clip or a whole pack, one sheet of paper, one ream or one photocopier. If you sold it, give it back. And maybe, maybe, maybe just God is stirring or convicting us that maybe we've we're borrowed something that we need to return back. Maybe some have even stolen something. 
like genuinely, intentionally, when you've never t- taken it back or never made things right. If that's the conviction of your heart and God is stirring that, it's because he wants you to do the right thing. Wants you, that, that, that thing that's probably sat on you, even for some of you for years, could you do what is right? You might need to drop it back to the police station and say, I have no idea how to get this back to this person. But a number of years ago, I took this and I shouldn't have and I just want to make things right. So if God's stirring something, just be obedient to it. Don't fight it because it'll just keep, keep lingering. <laughs> Do something about it. Allow God to just, just work that integrity into your life. And we might not be able to go back and right every wrong, but we can make a commitment. The renewing of our minds transformed by the power of God. So I want to talk about three things just very quickly. How we can live a life of integrity and be a witness. By doing these things in front of people, people will give God the glory. Not us, but God gets the glory because of it. As Jesus said, it's better to give than receive. We've got to move from that place of get, 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 get to give, give, give. So first thing we can do, we can be satisfied with what God has blessed you with. You've got a roof over your head, food in your belly, clothes on your back. You've got some friendships, some relationships, you're pretty blessed. Are we thankful? Are we grateful with what we have? Matthew 6, 31 to 34, Jesus says this to as he was preaching, he says, do, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If we shift our focus from our needs to things of the kingdom, then everything we need God returns back to us. You can have that complete trust that everything that we need, God will provide. Talked a lot about this area, this contentment. I won't go any further in this. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about that battle between covetousness and contentment. Living content with what we have and saying that's enough. And then trusting God for all that we need beyond that. The second thing is we can be faithful with what God has blessed you with. Be faithful. It's one thing to be satisfied. It's another thing to be faithful. There's a powerful story in Matthew 25, and I want to read the first half of the story. Jesus says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Jesus then goes on to talk about the, the one with the one talent. 
who, who hid it. He buried it. He was afraid if he, if he tried, he might fail. And Jesus says, away from me, you wicked servant. All I needed you to do was be faithful with what I gave you. I don't want to focus on that guy. I want to focus on these two, the five and the two talents. As you read this passage, what Jesus says to the one with five and the one with two is exactly the same. It's not about how much you have. It's not about what you think you've been given. It's about being faithful with that. So much of our problem is we look at somebody else and we think, we wish, and we hope that we would have all that they have. And if we only had that, we could do that. God says, I've given you something. I think faithfulness is so underrated in our society. We're saying in the earlier service, we need to kind of get a trend going. Hashtag bring back faithfulness. Faithfulness is so underrated. Somebody that stays at a company for 40 years, it's just unusual nowadays. People that stay in a marriage for, I mean, I love that we have got some faithful marriage legends. 30, 40, 50 years faithful in their marriage. I love it when I hear crunchy time. How many years are you celebrating? 48 years married. Yes. I love it. Faithful, faithful, faithful. What's God given you? How about those amazing kids that drive you crazy at times? Come on, he's given you those. What a gift, what a blessing. Are we faithful stewarding our children? What about that friend that you haven't contacted for a little while? What a gift that friend is to you. Come on, maybe this week it's time to reach out again. Come on, let's build that friendship again. Life's got busy and I'm sorry, I've taken other priorities. Let's make that right again. Let's build that friendship again. Maybe it is your finances, being faithful with what you've got. When we bring our tithe to God, that's faithfulness. Got an exciting project with, um, with my writing. I can't reveal the details yet, but there's a, a pastor in our nation that's written a, a book on, uh, on, on money, you know, money stuff. And uh, we're doing a collab for a kid's book uh, with his book. So uh, some more details will come out in the next month or so, but uh, really excited to be able to bring the principles of the first fruits uh, as a children's book to kids in this next season as well. So that's coming up soon. Um, and lastly, as the team come and join me on stage, uh, we can be generous with what God has blessed you with. I heard a preacher once say that the worst people to employ are Christians because they spend all of their time trying to convert people <laughs> on the work hours. Now, I don't think that's necessarily true. But I wonder if Christians, maybe we could be a little bit more attentive to our job, a little bit more focused, be the most reliable person on staff, be the one that can be trusted with the keys to the company. doesn't matter what position you find yourself in, whether you are the CEO or whether you are on whatever position you are. See, the position actually makes no difference. I, I think we are so focused on this God of mammon that says pursue, 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 grow, 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 get bigger, get bigger, get bigger. But actually the very biblical um, narrative is flipped on its head. John the Baptist, people trying to raise him up, push him up, push up his ministry, he says, no, 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 I've got to decrease. I've got to go lower. Because if I go lower, then he gets bigger and he goes higher. 
I believe that's what God's asking for us in the season. Come on, how low can we go? And our humility. Strip away that pride. And say, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve my company. I'm here to serve my boss. I'm here to serve my family. I'm going to be faithful in the little stuff and the big stuff. It's an attitude of my heart that says, I'm not going to take that because it's not mine. I'm not going to hold on to it because it doesn't belong to me. But I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be generous. I love this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I want to tell you a story of a man who walked out of a supermarket, a friend of mine, walked out of the supermarket with a paper under his arm. He did, did all of his groceries. He forgot he had his paper under his arm. He hadn't paid for it. He kind of gets out to the car and, oh, he's like, oh, I didn't even, even pay for it. Didn't even notice it. Checkout operator didn't see it. Just a paper, probably $2.50, something like that. Just hop in the car and go, right? No big deal. No, he went back in. Goes to the checkout operator and says, oh, look, I'm so sorry. I walked out. I had the paper under my arm. I didn't mean to. I want to pay for it. I go, wow. Thank you. No one ever does that. He goes, yeah, but I do. I said, oh, look, while you're here, we've got a competition running. $500 worth of vouchers for this. You know, all we need is your name and your address. And he goes, sure, no worries. Fills it in. Guess who wins $500 of groceries? Now, I'm not saying being honest gets it. Get, get, you know, it's, not a, it's not a lottery ticket. But you know what he did with those $500 of vouchers? He gave them to the church and said, is there anyone who has need? We distributed out to, like I think, five families were recipients of that gift. A simple act of faithfulness blessed five families. I mean, how incredible is that? That is the generous heart of God that says, you know what? If you live a life of generosity, but also faithfulness, so many will be blessed. So I don't know what God's speaking to you about today, but would you be honest? Would you be real? You got to do something about it. You got to return something, something borrowed that doesn't belong to you anymore, never did, why don't you go make that right and make a commitment to be faithful with what God's given us and be generous in all we have. I just want to pray for us. Father, we thank you. Thank you that all we have is yours. Thank you for the generosity in which you have given of yourself. We thank you, Jesus, that you model generosity. Father, you, gen- you model generosity because, God, you love the world so much that you gave, you gave your only son so that whoever would believe in you would not perish but have eternal life. And friends, today, I don't know where your relationship is at with God, but God in his generosity gave his son, Jesus, walked amongst us as a human being, lived a perfect life and was sentenced to die a death he did not deserve. And he went through that because my sin, your sin, separates us from a relationship with God. But the grace of God and the gift of God of salvation is given and extended to every person who would have faith and belief. And today, if you would turn from your old way of living, trust God with your life and your future, Ask Him to forgive you for the sins that you've committed, the ones you know of and the ones you don't. His grace will be enough for you. His grace will sustain you and hold you. And that which 
was sentenced, had sentenced you to death will no longer hold power over you. You'll receive his forgiveness and your freedom today. I want to pray a prayer and would love you to pray this prayer. You can say it out loud. You can speak it in your heart. But all of us are going to pray this together. I'd love you to pray it with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I turn from my old way of living. I repent and ask you to forgive me. I receive your gift of grace, your forgiveness, and your salvation today. I choose to live for you and put you first in my life. In Jesus' name. I want to ask, I want to ask you to do one, one last thing as we close. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And at the count of three, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, saying, yes, I'm, I'm giving my life to you completely. Or maybe you've been away from God and today you are coming home. You are restoring your relationship with Him again. When I count to three, just raise your hand up nice and high so I can see it. Our team are going to spot your hand, approach you after the service, get a Bible in your hand, help you take your next step. Let's come on right across this place. One, God loves you. Two, He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. If you prayed that prayer this morning, three, raise it up nice and high so I can see it. You can stick it back down again. Anyone here this morning praying that prayer for the first time or turning back to God? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.